Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use. They will be able to use it and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now. But they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, lift them up. It doesn't matter the form they take. And you know, if you got a cell phone, you got a Bible. <laughs> Same one that you hold up at the concert, you know, the light on it. <laughs> Go to Google BibleGateway.com and you got your word right there. But before we get into God's word, let's say this confession. Say, this is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed. And I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person. God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me. My Bible in Jesus name. Amen. All right, family, you know, we are in a new series, new meaning we kicked it off here last week. And an overarching objective for the believer is to have the mind of Christ. And I pose to you that, you know, that's a process. Last session, I said having the mind of Christ is a process. And here is the process that I, I pose to you or propose to you. Notice our first image. If you're talking about having the mind of Christ, Obtaining the mind of Christ is not just a simple mental change out. Having the mind of Christ, notice what it says, is the alignment of all parts of you with God such that your heart and soul influence your mind to both think like God and govern your body to act godly. As it relates to those three items, you know, we're going to start talking about, see that word alignment there? We're going to start really talking about alignment today. Jesus had this to say as it relates to the heart, the soul, and the mind. He said it as he was responding to a Pharisee that asked him, hey, hey, Jesus, what is the most important commandment in the law? Jesus said this, notice, in Matthew, it reads, I think it was, I was going to say, yeah, 22. I was going to say 16. Matthew 22. 
Jesus answered this. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I like how they put all those alls in there because if you said all your heart and skipped it, you might have assumed that I can do with all my heart but not all my soul. Maybe all my heart and all my soul, but hey, not all my mind. No, Jesus said you got to love God with all those things. And when you think about those three things, those three things, as we addressed last session, there are some critical attributes or key attributes associated with those three things. What are those attributes? Next image. We went through this last time, but this is just a, a good refresher right before we launch out. The attributes are going to start up. You're going to have the heart. You're going to have the soul and you have the mind. Now, the heart reveals your passion for or devotion towards something. Ideally, believer, that something is God. Your soul is the inner you and it is the conduit or a conduit for spirit to spirit relationship. And hopefully that relationship is with who is with God. Now, I thought about that a little bit more after I left, left you last time, and I came up with another description for the soul, and that is, it's a spiritual interface. I like that. It's, it's, it's a conduit. It's, a, it's an interface. What about the mind? Now, the mind is a place of thought. It exists in your brain, but it's not your brain. It is the energy source that instructs the brain on the actions the body should take. Now, hopefully, ideally, those actions are godly ones. Amen. When we're talking about alignment of those three things, we're going to focus on the mind, the soul. I saw this bald head guy and I said, mine. We're going to focus on the one in the middle here, the soul. Because what I was going to say is the soul is the one that the mind, whatever originates or becomes something in the mind, it, it originates from the soul. Whatever gets going in the heart, guess what? It originates from the soul. So we're going to start talking about the soul as the key aspect of getting all of these things aligned. Now, what about the soul? When we're thinking about the soul, we already said that the soul is the inner you. It's your essence. And that is accurate. However, if we're going to describe the soul completely, we will have to add some other things to it. The soul being the inner you is too simple to really get down to where we want to be. When I say the soul is your essence or the inner you, what I'm trying to convey is that the soul contains many very important key attributes concerning you that you need to be aware of. It is the source and the seedbed for several things. What are those things? They're before you. The soul is your source or seedbed. I'm just going to call it source is the source for your feelings. It's the source for your emotions. It's the source for your natural instincts. It's the source for your personality. 
It's the source for your personal preferences. Hey, it's the source for your likes. And guess what? It's also the source for your dislikes. When you think about your soul, think of that the soul is the evaluator of the inputs that come to your body from your five senses. So when I'm looking at your smile and face, that's that's, you know, that sense of seeing that's 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 down in, in my soul. When you when you smell somebody's cooking, you know, and you you'd be like, ooh, that smell good. That's coming from your soul. And when you taste they cooking. Good or bad. Because the smell will fool you. When you taste they cooking, that's in your soul. When you hear the voice of a loved one, that sense, that sense is resonating in your soul. When you get that hug from somebody that you care for, that sense of touch, that thing right there, baby, that's coming to the soul. The soul is your source of sense and reasoning. It's your soul. The soul is also home to that intrinsic nature that we call the flesh. And the Bible is clear, family, that the flesh is ungodly. Listen to what how Paul writes it in the Amplified Classic. When we look at Romans chapter eight, verse three, it reads this way. For God has done what the law could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, spending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. Check this out. When he gets to defining the flesh. He calls that rascal the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. If you without the Holy Spirit, you can't be godly. So the flesh is that portion that is absent in the Holy Spirit. It has its own urges. It has its own desires. Go back to my previous image. Now, it's your five senses, all these feelings and whatnot in your soul. It's your source of sense and reasoning. And because your soul is the source of sense and reasoning, your mind and your heart, they kind of get fed things from your soul and, and then it manifests from there. Because your soul is the source of sense and reasoning in order to get into what you have to do with your mind you have to get into what you have to do with your soul your soul sends what I call signals or communications to your mind notice this next image When we're thinking about the signals that go to your mind, understanding that the soul is what we have to deal with. I want you to know this. That signals from your soul reach your mind on one of two pathways. One pathway is pretty direct. 
is the soul straight to the mind. The other pathway, that thing, it transverses the heart. You see that? <laughs> that noise is a speaker, baby. <laughs> Her five senses are working well. <laughs> Pastor, stay this side. The other one transverses the heart. Frankly, family, that path, the one that soul, heart, mind, that path is the less traveled one. Not everything goes through the heart. The heart, that thing evaluates your passions and your devotions. Therefore, when you think about the heart, realize that the heart really only entertains things that are of immense importance to the soul. I would say it this way. The heart being a part of you is privy to all conversations that go on in this realm. But the heart only plays host to the big stuff. The heart hears it all, but not everything raises to the level of the heart's interests. I want you to focus on this image because we're getting ready to play with this a little bit. I need for you to see this diagram on the inside of you. When you leave here today, I want as, as, as cartoony as this looks, I want you to realize how this really functions in you. Here's a scenario. Because we got to deal with the soul. The scenario is this. Let's say your stomach grumbles. It growls. And you know, that's happened to me before in church. It's growled so loud that the person's three seats down to look, look sideways. And what you do, as grown as you are, you try to tighten your stomach muscles. That, don't, that ain't no food. You try to tighten your, You're doing crunches on the front row. And your stomach's like, what? That's not helping me. So what do you start popping mints? And your stomach is like, really? Is this what we're going to do? You better get up, go to the vending machine, potato chips, go get me a hot dog or something. This is not, this is, this is not food. Wow! This is not food. But loved ones, let's say, let's say your tummy grumbles. That, that, that information through your senses ends up making its way down to your soul, and your soul says, you know what? We're hungry. It sends information up to your mind. Hey, we need to find some food. Your mind tells the brain, hey, get on. Let's go find some food, and then you go and you find food. Now, all of that kind of interaction that's going on back and forth, guess what? That is, that is soul to mind. That's not, typically, that's not going through the heart, but family. What if the person who's hungry is a foodie? 
What if they live to eat? What if they did, they're the kind of person that wake up in the morning and before they even thank God, they wonder what they're going to have for breakfast. And while they eating breakfast, they want to know what they're going to have for lunch. And while they having lunch, they want to know what they're going to have for dinner. And while they eating dinner, they thinking about what they're going to have for breakfast the next day. When they get food, that food come to the table. They don't, you know, normal folk, you got a little food. You might even stick your finger in the gravy and just, and just taste that thing. They don't do that. A foodie want to smell it first. They want to look at how it's laid out on the plate first. And, and, and before they dig in, before they even touch their fork and their spoon, they tell the food, how you doing? <laughs> I've been waiting on your arrival. We're going to spend some time together. I hope you're as excited about this as I am. When we're talking about a foodie, what's happened? All of a sudden, that communication is not just going straight from soul to mind. That thing is passion through the heart. Because the heart, that heart locks on the stuff that's passionate. That heart locks on stuff that you're devoted to. And when information passes from the soul, it can go straight to the mind, but doggone it. Don't let that thing be your thing. It goes through the heart. And when you're thinking about this, this whole situation, we can also translate this onto interactions that you have with people you dislike. In that scenario, guess what? Those signals from the soul, they flow through the heart. The heart. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. The heart. Don't assume that just because the heart deals with passions, that it only deals with passions of stuff that you like. You and I know better than that. Your heart does not just latch on to stuff that you like. That's why hate can live there. Unforgiveness can live there. That stuff can be a passion. The heart is not just the place for, 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 for bunny rabbits and lollipops and balloons. The heart that bad boy right there, that can be a place that, that, that contains a devotion, but it can also contain hate. The heart can deal with affection, but it also can deal with disdain. So when we're talking about this communication path, realize that that soul to mind is one path, but that that soul heart to mine is a whole different pathway. Talking about people that you dislike. Now, let's get into some scenarios here. I'm going to hit some of you. But that's okay. Hey, the spirit will heal itself. But focus in on these. Let's say you at the house and you tell your, not yet, 
Not yet. Go back. Yeah, you, you good. Y'all you, good. Don't worry about it. The, the, we're going to be on this diagram for a minute. Not such a long minute that you wonder when you're going to get out of church, but for a minute. <laughs> because I have to make sure you see this in you. Yeah. Let's say you're at your house and you decide, you know what, tomorrow I want to bake a cake. Or tomorrow I want to make that cream sauce that with the heavy cream and the butter. But, and so you go in your refrigerator and guess what? Doggone it. You thought you had some, but your children came and raised your refrigerator and took your food to their house. And them rascals ain't leave no money, ain't go buy and buy you no more butter. Doggone it. Now you got to go to the store. No, you sit down trying to enjoy your Saturday and now you got to get up and go to the store. But that's okay. God bless you with money. You got gas in the car. The stove right up the street, you just get in your car, put on clothes, go get in your car, and you go. Now, here you go, you pull up in the parking lot of the grocery store, and while you're at the grocery store, you say, okay, this should be no more than 15 minutes. From the time I get out of my car to the time I go to the dairy section and grab these few items and go. So you get out of the car, you go in the store. You don't even pick up a buggy, maybe a little, 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 little green things, little blue things, little basket. Like, you, you don't really pick up nothing major because you want to just go into the dairy section. You get there, you make that turn to go to the dairy section, and right there, coming through your senses, who do you see? You see Richard. <laughs> they are also at the dairy section is Richard, a person who always want to talk to you, but you don't never want to talk to him. Here at the pathway, your soul tell your mind, quick, go down the next aisle. That's going through your heart. Quick, go down the next aisle. You don't even have a dog going down the dog food aisle. Going down the cat food aisle. But what happened, family? As you make your turn, your brain take a snapshot of Richard turning your way. And when you get up that aisle, your mind tell your soul, I think he saw us. And your soul goes, Beaver's house. Is he coming this way? Mind's like, I don't know. I don't know. Then the, 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 the heart gets involved. Notice, the heart adds a boost of something. The heart, that thing adds, adds uh, what do I call it? The heart adds a little bit of boost to feelings, a little bit of boost to emotions. The heart, that's that nitrous, that, that nitrous switch that caused you to go from what your car should go to from the manufacturer to that to that 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 boost that you see in the movies. The heart add that juice. The heart adds that little something something that gets those feelings and emotions elevated a little bit. It's that little touch of adrenaline emotionally. So while you sitting there trying to have a little conversation with your mind as to whether or not he saw you, the heart say, why are we still standing here? Step on the gas and get down that aisle. 
So now you zipping through the store like you running track, trying to get to the end of the aisle, and you make that hard left. And guess what? That would be good, wouldn't it? But Richard did see you. He did see you. And when he makes it to the aisle, he saw you go down. To his surprise, you ain't nowhere to be found. You then left the stove, got in your car, and made the decision that you would get your butter and or cream from another place. <laughs> Running from somebody. Hey, and if you're a believer, you're running from somebody that God may put in your path for you to minister to. Why? Because your soul don't want to have nothing to do with this person. But God is saying you got the answer for them. That's the process. That's the process. Now, what about what about this one? You outside. You minding your own business. You ain't bothering nobody. And your mind say, hey, somebody coming this way. So it's like, who, who, who is it? It's just, it's just soul mind right now. I see somebody. Who is it? The mind say, oh, based on what I have from information from the brain, that's Naomi. And your soul say, I can't stand her. All of a sudden, you switch paths. Now that communication is going from soul, heart to mind. I can't stand her. And Naomi ain't wasting no time. She coming straight to you. She's coming with purpose. And before you know it, she in your face and she talking trash. <laughs> and now, on the outside, you holding it down. You're really trying to, you know, you, you, nobody want to be out here cutting food. We grown. We don't want to be out here cutting the food. So, so you're trying to hold it down. And so you are the picture-perfect image of cool, calm, and collected, hey, on the outside. But on the inside, <laughs> the conversation <laughs> that's going on between these three elements, is why she all up on me like this? She don't know me like this. She better get her finger out of my face. Who she messing with? Plus her breast stink. Why she gonna be all up in somebody's face with her breast stink? Always got that bad weave. If she don't, if she don't get in my face, I tell you what, I'm gonna snatch them tracks up out of her head. And she's sitting there acting like she don't know who I am. She know who I am, but you know what? I got, I, got, I I'm trying, I'm trying to keep my religion up in here. But she up in my face trying to mess with me. She better get a finger out my face. She better get a finger out my face. Get your finger out my face. You better leave me alone. You better leave me alone. You better leave me alone. Girl, if you don't leave me alone, you better leave me alone. That's, that's on the inside. But on the outside, you, you're just trying to, you're trying to hold it down. But on the inside, she better leave me alone. She better leave me alone. And then she, Naomi takes her finger and mushes you in the forehead. Mm. When she mushed you in the forehead, that communication come juice from the heart, slap her. The mind say, we can do that. Brain, get that right hand ready. 
the brain say it's good, it's loose too. <laughs> Pow! You hit it one time. Microseconds later, the body feels something. The soul asks the mind, what was that? The mind says, she just slapped us back. <laughs> And on that, that last communication comes back, boosted by that heart, whoop that donkey. <laughs> and now y'all, they're fighting. And that's how y'all ended up going viral on social media for fighting at the church picnic. <laughs> Got Miss Barker potato salad all in the grass that knocked over the cake table. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the conversation that went on. What about, what about relationships? Because you need to see this in you. Two people meet each other and they meet. You know, they meet and he has an interest in her. She has an interest in him. Keep in mind, the, the, the soul is where all those feelings and emotions and all that stuff lie. So, so there is some of that. But, but you know, right now, it's, it's not any big deal. That initial casual kind of conversation, that's, that's just soul and mind. The heart's really not involved. You're on, this, you're, you're on that, that direct pathway. At this point in time, and, and what you could call a relationship, I guess, at this point in time, what's going on? Listen, they can talk to each other or not. They can see each other or not. This is, this, they're, just, they're just right here. When they are together, guess what? The soul and the mind, they have great conversations about what they're doing at the time. But you know what, when they're apart, the soul and the mind ain't got no problem jumping on another subject. It's, it's right now, it's just, it's a casual interaction really between two souls. Yeah. Right now, the heart, not, not really that involved. Initially, that is. However, things can change. Under the right conditions, under the right circumstances, they begin to develop a chemistry. And during that chemistry, give me my next images, what happens? Little likes become big likes. Little feelings, they become big feelings. Little emotions, mmm. Them jokers become big emotions. When you have that go on, go back to the previous image, where before you were going soul to mind, the soul now tells the heart, hey man, wake up. I need you to put this person on your list of important people. And now you've made the switch. Those interactions are not just soul to mind anymore. They're soul, heart to mind. 
under that scenario, all bets are off. You know, you, you, you used to be able to go like a whole day. And you ain't care where the person was. You ain't care what they did. You, you ain't care if they have money in their pocket. You, you, you were sold to mind. But once you go heart, heart to mind, now you sitting up at the job talking about, I wonder what he doing. I wonder, I wonder what she doing. I wonder where he at. I wonder where she at. You switched. Because now that the heart is involved, there's a passion. There's a devotion. You've, you've, you've made that switch. Doggone it. You, 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 you've, you've gotten to the point to where everything that goes on about you somehow is getting reflected on that person. As a, as a, as a, as a dude, look, you can't even hang out with the fellas no more. I mean, you present, but you're gone. It's to the point that you're hanging out with your boys and they like, yo, Joe, man, what's up with you? You like, what, what, I'm, I'm good. Say, man, I done asked you five times what you want to drink and you ain't responded yet. Why? Because he's, where she at? What's she doing? Because when signals go to the mind, once they start passing through the heart, there is a boost. There is a, there is a passion. There is an attraction attached to it. Those same people used to have phone calls that lasted all of 10 minutes. Now they on the phone so long, they don't nobody want to hang up. My Lord. They didn't. They didn't talk so long. They didn't. Uh, they didn't ran out of stuff to say. <laughs> Sitting there, half sleep, instead of turning off the phone and going to bed like regular sane people, they talking about what you doing, nothing. What you doing, nothing. Yeah, you sleep? No. You sleep? No. You ain't sleep. You're talking to each other. How you gonna be sleep? The reality is, though, that there's a switch going on. And the fact that that switch is going on and that stuff is now passing through the heart, you ask yourself, where is all that being consumed with that person's presence, being consumed with what they're doing, being consumed with their well-being? Where is all that? What's the cause of all of that? Well, the direct cause is the heart. But if we were to investigate that thing deeper, what we would really find is that the true originator of that is the soul. You see, the soul feeds things upward. And the mind and the heart, as they feed, they feed. You are what you eat. So they become. What's the word? Uh, not attached. They become. They just become something that focuses on the desires of the soul. They become the spawn. They become, they become just what the soul wants. That's what they think about. That's what they, that's what they dwell on. Practically speaking, what we're telling you, family, is the soul has a mind. 
The soul has a mind. Listen to what Paul says. This is in the American Standard Version. In Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For the mind of the flesh. You see that? Remember, the soul is that place that is home to that intrinsic nature that we call the flesh. But the mind of the flesh. So the soul has a mind. For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Go back to my slide with the communications diagram or the image. When we try to put focus on this, remember, we're talking about getting all these things aligned. The soul in this scenario is the ringleader. The soul in this scenario is, is the prime voice. Given that the soul is the ringleader and we know that the soul has a mind, we conclude that you have to change the mind of your soul in order to change your mind. Once again, the soul has a mind. But we talk about changing our mind, having the mind of Christ, renewing our mind, transforming our mind. The soul is the ringleader. Therefore, in order to change the mind, we have to change the mind of the soul. I really wanted to take all of that and kind of put it in a in a one punch statement that you could take and run with. Because, you know, even though we're very intelligent people, you don't want to just be in your house talking about, well, in order to change the mind or the, my mind, I need to change the mind or the, or the soul. And you, you just might get that all bundled up in all of the stuff that's going on throughout your day. Right. So let's bring this statement down to something that we can hold on to. I have four lines here, and each line whittles itself down until we get to that last one at the bottom. That's the one I want you to focus on. But let's do this together. Read that first line with me. Ready to go. You have to change the mind of your soul in order to change your mind. Okay, that's the big one. Now we take it down one more notch. Go. You have to change your mind to change your mind. That's two different minds. You got to change the mind, hey, of your soul in order to change your mind up in your head. Next one, go. You got to lose your mind to find it. Okay? You got to lose. got to just, just consider it lost to find the mind that you want, to bring in the mind that you want. What's the last one? This, this is the one I want you to think about. Ready? Go. You got to lose your mind. And now, you were, you were here for the whole message. So when you say that, some deep folk might be like, what that pastor got to do telling you to lose your mind? That don't make no sense. You first time tell him, well, you should have been there. But after that, after, after, you, after you tell him that, 
you first know in yourself that I'm talking about the soul has a mind and the soul is the home to the flesh and the soul is the ringleader. And if you're going to change the mind in your head, you got to first change the mind in your soul, because if you don't change the source, how can you change anything that comes out of the source? So you got to lose your mind. And that's we're just throwing that out there because that's where we want to get to. That's what I'm going to be telling you. But we don't want to spring that on you. We want to tell you right now where you're going. Well, I'm going to ask you to lose your mind. I'm going to ask you to lose it. Really quick. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 in the NIV Bible, because there is a notion behind that statement. And that notion aligns with something that Jesus said in Matthew. He said, do you have that in the NIV? If not, we'll run with this for now. Here we go. Jesus says, for whoever is bent on saving it, ooh, thank you. And you put it in red. Y'all ain't nothing to play with back there. Put the Jesus description in the butt. Look at this mess here. Okay, here we go. You know what? No, I, I said, look at this mess. That ain't no mess. You know what my daddy did to me one time? My daddy, God bless him. He's, he's, he, he already transfigured up with God. God bless him. Daddy, love you. It, my daddy, when I was younger, growing up in, in the country, I told, I told my daddy one time, and my mom, my mom, she's a, she's a, she's a good, good cook. Well, I, she, she was a good cook. I don't know. Today, mama still cook good, but sometimes you got mama, mama the stove on. You know, you got to make sure you keep an eye on mama. But, but mama still, you know, she know how to roll them biscuits by hand. And, oh, mama, get down in the kitchen now. But what I, what I want to tell you, I said, I said that's good stuff. I don't, I don't mean to say stuff. Because I told my daddy one time, we were sitting down eating, and my mama had made some food. It was good, too. I was there 10 hours. I, I say, ooh, ooh. I say, this junk good. My daddy put down his fork. He said, your mama don't make junk. That's right. I mean, he just got cold quick. <laughs> And I tried to explain. I said, I was like, Daddy, that's not what I, he say, son, your mama don't make junk. I never said that again. So junk, stuff, all that, that's, that's not my intent. And I'm going to make sure I try not to say that again. That wasn't good stuff. What you did was just good. So here we go. Jesus said, talking about the notion of you got to lose your mind, not being so out of bounds. He said this, for whoever wants to save their lives will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. We're talking about having the mind of Christ. I'm going to tell you to lose the mind of your soul and pick up the mind of Christ. In order to. Gain the mind that you want. You're going to have to lose the one you don't want. So transforming a person, meaning the way that they think, what that does, it involves one getting into that person's, let's say, soulish mentality. If you're going to transform their mind, you got to first work on transforming their mind, the mind of their soul. 
And that transformation, that thing requires a change agent. Amen. The fact that you got to go back to my communications one really quick. Let's 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 land this plane. You see, because the soul is the ringleader. And 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 the stuff that passes through the heart that gets boosted up or that goes directly to the mind, it comes from the from the soul. When I say you got to change the mind of your soul before you change the mind that's in your head, that's why I call that thing a process. Because there's steps to it. There are specific things that you have to do. And doing the change that I'm asking you to do, doing the change that I believe is required, that change requires a change agent. Next image. And for that change agent, go to the one after that, please. We're going to introduce the one that we're going to introduce the spirit man. When we're talking about the change agent. <laughs> the spirit man is involved and being the catalyst necessary to deal with the mind of the soul. We're going to do just that individual mention of the spirit man right now. I'm going to ask you going from this second forward to put a pause right there. Bookmark your, 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 mental, your mental divider right there for now. We're going to pick up at that same spot in seven days. For now, what I want you to focus on is that you got to lose your mind, but in a good way. We talk about having the mind of Christ. Well, to do that, you got to change your mind to change your mind. AKA, you got to lose it. I love you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person who has the desire to give you all of them. We don't come here, God, just to, to, to get a message because it's, it's what people knew. We seriously want you to reside, live, and expand your tents on the inside of us. Having the mind of Christ is what we aspire to have. And there are steps to it, and that's, that's fine, God. We're willing to take the, the process as it goes. We want everyone to know that the process, though, is called a process for a reason. That's something that we have to attend to. The speed at which that process happens and the effectiveness of that process is very much driven by how dogmatic we are concerning it. 
Therefore, my prayer is that everybody under the sound of my voice makes it their mission to have the mind of Christ. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.